God states very clearly that faith without works is dead. You have people inside the Senate. You have people that are supposed to be on your side. Make the decision to live and die on your turn. You are not wrong. They have lied to us about everything. The border, the elections. I remember America and the American gun owner are the only things standing in the way of the Great Reset. Who's got the teaching aid? We are fighting a war against principalities. We are fighting a war against evil. I pray that we get to look into the eyes of every single child in this country proudly, that those children can look back and be proud of us, knowing that we fought for them. Men, I don't talk with empty words. Those teaching aids, those are called balls. Gentlemen, I've given you back your balls. You only got one? Improvise. God's given us a chance to make it right. He's created a remnant for a reason. You are the remnant. I want you to know we're winning. God is with us. And in the end, we know how this ends. Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Oltman. We, we, have, we have a guest today. And frankly, uh, the, Apollo already interviewed this person, and uh, I got to tell you, it was the, the things that were said in this interview were absolutely outstanding and led me down a path. He's an investigative journalist. Um, his name is Michael Corey. He is joining us um, from Arizona, I, I do believe. And we also have Apollo back on the call so we can get a little bit more of uh, kind of a fullness of the things that were discussed yesterday. Um, and talk a little bit more in depthly about the technology and why this is the greatest threat and led to some of the things that we're dealing with now, not just the Russian, Russian disinformation hoax of 2016, but really what happened in the 2020 election and what they plan on doing in 2022 and 2024. So without that, let's go ahead and bring Apollo and Michael Curry to the, to the uh, call. You guys there? Yep. Thank you for having me back. Did I say that right? Did I say your last name right? Yes, sir. Yep, you got it right. Yes. Um, people probably have already listened a little bit to you from yesterday, but tell a little, tell everyone that that maybe hasn't heard um, your story, who you are, who you are, um, quickly. So, um, just a, a Lebanese American grew, grew up in uh, Lebanon as well as in, in United States. Um, been looking into Ericsson and you know my family overseas has been using that technology for several years obviously um, as I come back uh, and you know the whole COVID pandemic picked up I've been looking deeper and deeper into the um, term grand jury and the further and further I went down that rabbit hole with, pertaining to Rodney Jaffe um, and Michael Sussman uh, I, I fell into this FCC contract that essentially gives emergency 911 emergency portability um, oversight well actually lack of oversight but uh, it gives us a really important contract over to a foreign uh telecom giant that has been revealed in february of 2022 to have been over a 17 year time frame supporting funding and bribing isis which is uh pretty damning yeah and so i i have to tell you that, that as i'm starting to read the information that you sent over i couldn't believe what i was hearing I mean, Jaffe holds multiple patents. Those patents are used by multiple corporations across America. And if you start 
tracing Jaffe all the way back, you get into the election of 2008 and uh, President Obama. I mean, it's just, it's all interwoven with the Clinton Foundation, the Russian hoax, one of five people that came forward and said that uh, uh, President Trump had a secret server uh, communicating with a bank in Russia. Turns out that entire thing was a hoax. 100%. Uh, absolutely fabricated. And what's funny about that is going back to 2017, there were online, uh, what you would call them as a conspiracy theorists, uh, internet sleuths that uh, actually even had April Lorenzen, who's also named in the indictment. They had her pinned all the way back. And as I said, April of 2017, with all the technicals, um, all the information, everything you would need to literally trace back who this person was. Um, and, and so it's very interesting that you have the media. I mean, it's not very interesting. It's actually um you know what, what we'd come to expect because the media is not covering any of this but if you look at how they went after any of the you know trump cohorts um and you know rating, rating their homes going after them and such roger stone uh, and the like and then you look in that in comparison to to this where what these tech researchers may have done uh what i believe they've done is abusing their patents abusing their technology to literally destroy our internet infrastructure um, our ability to vote and have confidence in that vote and really verify any sort of DNS or internet information uh, that goes on, uh, you know, on the internet. Like the internet is essentially uh, completely unpredictable, and, and we're, not, we're not able to verify anything at this moment. So the one of the things that we talked about is the weaponization of the mainstream media and as a whole. And the information, uh, Mr. Producer, page three. This is the Sussman indictment names. These are names that came up in the Sussman indictment. And, um, you know, what's amazing, amazing about this is we already know that the FBI had an office inside of Perkins Coie, right? So they had a, they had a command center inside of Perkins Coie and the, the Perkins Coie was named in the indictment. But as we start looking at the name, the other names, now, Mr. Producer, number three, page three, if you would, please, it'll have the Sussman indictment be, names. That might be different than the one I sent you. Um. All right, I'll find that. My bad. Okay, so on page three, let me start reading this. But the agency one that was that was uh, named in the indictment was DARPA. Agency two was the CIA. The uh, campaign lawyer one was Mark Elias. Campaign manager is Robbie Mook. And as I go down here, federal contracting source was possibly DARPA. Um, FBI general counsel James Baker, foreign policy advisor uh, Jake Sullivan. Uh, let me know when I hit some of the stuff that's related to um, uh, Jaffe. Uh, healthcare Company One, Spectrum Health, Internet Company One, New Star. There you go. New Star. And New Star is the company that he sold his company to. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. And, it, and it's uh, his, he created Ultra DNS. And so Ultra DNS is like one of the main um, infrastructure DNS uh, server services. That uh, Amazon's entire infrastructure is so like when numbers are ported over and you take the alphanumeric code uh, to tr you know basically port IP addresses and when you type in Amazon.com, Newstar is the underbed underbelly that uh, is basically the traffic cop of the internet. So uh, that's another really interesting point. So another thing is that Newstar is directly connected to portability and sending of text messages. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yes. So, so everything that we do from telecommunications all the way down is controlled by a centralized group of, of, of organizations and people.
a hundred percent. And and the, they call them trust groups, and there's literal literally no oversight at all. It's a complete gray area. Um, and that the sad thing is, it's not just text messages, and it's not just phone calls. Um, when you look at the foreign domestic between you know a company like Ericsson and iConnective and their subsidiaries, if the attorney that decides on these FISA warrants, um, if the attorney decides I'm going to let this slide, like this this data, even though it's you and I, we're two domestic U.S. persons communicating right now, whether it's voice over internet protocol or whether it's telecommunication towers pinging, pinging our conversation, um, it's to me that decides whether at the time when that data streams or flows through the foreign or domestic technology, is that data considered foreign or domestic? So it's a, it's a huge loophole. And if you uh, uh, consider how much these people love to abuse loopholes, um, you'll come to the understanding that Jaffe, a lot of uh, everything that he does ties back to internet society and literally the inception of the internet. Uh, a lot of the RFCs that make up the underbelly and the uh, basically the programming, um, what's under the hood for the internets, for internet, excuse me, um, ties back to John Postel. And that's someone that suspiciously died and all of his IP, all of his technology was passed over to Jaffe um, and the Internet Society. Okay, so so let's let's talk about Jaffe for a minute. You know, Jaffe is, you know, he's probably going to be indicted. Is that, is that the feeling that you get? 100%. No Based doubt. Upon there's, the, there's unless he flipped. And, unless he flipped. Yeah, which I don't think he will. Yeah, so we, we talk about we talk about Jaffe, we talk about Sussman. Um, I found it very curious that Sussman got off. I think it was more of a case of jury nullification based upon just the extremity of, of Washington D.C. Um, if they if they try Jaffe in Washington D.C. again, what kind of effect do you think an indictment will even have? The same the same thing, but uh, but they're tr I believe that grand jury is in Virginia because that's where New Star is located. Well, I mean, the new star is located there, but I think that federal jurisdiction based upon where um, Durham is, I mean, I, I, and, and we, I got in an argument with somebody before a debate over whether or not they were going to, any uh, superseding indictments would happen in the Washington, D.C. area if they happened outside. Um, I, you know, my worry is, is that they've weaponized the judiciary to such an extreme that they just can find the extremes within the, that area. I mean, it's 90 percent. Washington D.C. area is, excuse me, Washington D.C. itself, itself is, uh, uh, I would say, ideologically bent towards the football team. So they'll do whatever it takes to, you know, support that football team. Um, and, and frankly, I find it curious on the Sussman indictment that one of the people that was sat on the jury happened to be his, their kids played together on the football team, went to the same school. And you'd think yeah. with as many people as you have in the Washington D.C. area, that you could find someone that's not directly connected to these people, but it doesn't seem like that's the case, or it was a setup from the beginning. Exactly. Well, Danchenko, you, you know, the Danchenko indictment is is actually in Virginia. So um, while obviously, yeah, it is very corrupt, uh, it's also good to note that the investigation itself, in terms of Durham, that's still an open investigation. So how you know how bad does it get? Obviously, it's terrible um you know dc's a swamp and uh, i think i think moving the capital would be a very good move for the for the near future but we've obviously got a few more issues to take care of before we can 
uh, get to a, a decision like that. Just a few more, just a few more things. It has become a swamp. But um, all right, let's 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 walk let's walk further into Joffe. Let's let's look into this guy. Um, you know, what have you found out about him related to everything happening with nine one one? This nine one one. This was controlled by this company that has directly been accused of. And this, and by the way, this is public information. If you look at uh, back in two thousand ten, I believe. Um, there was an article written about the fact that Erickson was assisting and paying ISIS. Is that correct? Yeah, and the, and the 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 shady thing about it is our you know our, so that one of the sources that I think a lot of politicians, a lot of people in general, a lot of people in DC um, and otherwise, like no one utilizes WikiLeaks, um, and, and I I don't really understand that because it's one hundred percent verifiable. Um, in terms of like the data that's there, you're able to extract, you know, what is actually happening, what actually took place within the State Department. And so when you look at those cables and you read that the State Department knew about these treaties, they knew about what Iran was doing with, with regard to uh, human rights abuses, and Sweden continued to do business with Iran despite the EU and the United States both saying, hey, this is not, this is not okay. Like, Iran is a state sponsor of terrorism and, and, and you know, not a sworn enemy, but according to Iran, you know, they're, we're a sworn enemy of theirs. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild and honestly kind of uh, insane that I guess it's I guess that, but corporations not caring at all about people. Um, you know, just the creation has absolutely decimated the creator. And so something has to give. With how much you know leeway we're able to give or allow corporations to continue you know destroying our lives well so so let's talk about this rise of this uh you know the the, the corporate uh leadership let's say or the, the enslavement um when we look at what's happening across tech companies and um, across the mainstream media it's almost like a blackout so even the information you have why people don't use wikileaks wikileaks is you know, obviously, it, it, it was it was enough information that it caused the Democrat Party and those people that were that were uh, mentioned in those cables to have pause and go after people like uh, Assange, right? So this is these aren't Assange. This this is not information that was made up. They couldn't come out and say this is a conspiracy theory, and yet nobody uses that information. Nobody comes out and uses that information. They've been able to bury that, um, much like they've been able to bury what happened in uh, the third of November, twenty twenty. So as we as we walk down this pathway and we start looking at all the things that that you've uncovered, I, I look at it as just another piece to the Jenga puzzle that we've pulled out, but it doesn't seem to be having an effect on, you know, where we go from here. There's no accountability. So what what are you seeing on your side? How how does this fit into the puzzle? The information that we have collectively, how does it fit into the puzzle of kind of demasking and taking out this uh, um, this corporate corruption? So I think that people, I think people need to stand tall and stop looking to the experts for the answers because that was part of the reason why I compiled the report the way that I did was because I wanted to make sure people understood that no one else helped me with doing this. I didn't get any outsider information. Um, I didn't get any privy clearance access. Um, this is all open source intelligence for the entire report. So the reason why I structured it this way specifically was because it leads back to where this is all headed, which is obviously technology, 
the infrastructure and the underlying uh, IP for the internet. Um, those tech researchers, all of the ones listed in the indictment, they're all tied to much more nefarious actions that have to do with abusing databases, uh, using malware, botnets. Um, Jaffe is like the, you know, he self-professes that he's, he's one of the incept, you know, biggest advocates in terms of knowing about botnets and, um, you know, using zombie uh, accounts. And you, pe people don't even realize like how much malware is on their phone right now. Like there's malware that's on your phone that you don't even know about. Um, man in the middle when you're going to an airport, man in the middle when you're near any sort of military bases, just simply corporate uh, locations. People want to know what you're doing. That's why they're willing to give foreign countries all those Ericsson phones, you know, for little to no money. That's why Obama was willing to give people the Obama phone or, you know, just giving someone a phone. That's just like giving someone a tracking device, right? It's going to listen in on everything you're saying and doing. And you might think, oh, I'm not an important person enough to have that data. Well, someone's collecting that data. So it's obviously important enough for someone to collect it. And well, you know, we, we talk. We talk a little bit about, you know, the connection between ISIS and, and criminal organizations or terrorist organizations across the country. But are you really surprised, given the fact that you have this kind of alignment happening, not kind of, you have this alignment happening with the Democrat Republic or the Democrat Party and even the Republican Party to some degree um, and Antifa, which is a U.S. terrorist organization of its own right here in the United States. So are you really surprised? I mean, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that we're dealing with this at all. Um, both on the corporate side, because frankly, they've all come together. They've, they've run it just like organized crime. And if you go back in time, Nancy Pelosi's entire family was a, a, in the crime syndicate business. 100%. And, and I, think, I think people just at the grassroots level, like the average everyday citizen needs to, you know, I know this might sound rough, but like you, they have to stop doing what's convenient, right? And always, and always uh, accepting what the mainstream says or accepting even even some uh, some of the people that are on the tr trusted side, like you said, the Republicans, thinking that all Republicans are good is, is just, it's very naive because at the end of the day, if you were to run on the Democratic side, you're more than likely, you, you more than likely have to be corrupt because if you just look at what happened with the DNC, Seth Rich, and even just this past election with uh, how Joe Biden overcame, you know, uh, surpassed, came out of nowhere essentially, right? It's like he wasn't going to be the front runner, then he suddenly... Pulled out, pulled everything out, almost like miraculously. Uh, so, so you can't run, you can't be a good politician and run on the Democratic ticket. Um, and so, it doesn't mean that the Republican ticket is good and the Democrats are bad. It just means that the Democrats are corrupt, and the Republican side is really the only way, the only path forward. But we also have to understand that, with regard to how technical this all gets, we have to dig deep and stop listening to the experts or anyone that seems to be the uh, lead authority on these things, because I see a lot of hearings happening and I, and I keep hearing, uh, you know, the, the next, the next big movie coming out. And it's like, I think we're all literally living in a movie, you know, we're living out a real movie playing out in real time. And we have to start digging deeper and asking these questions within our communities, specifically, you know, who's controlling this technology, who has access to my information and what can we do to change what's transpired and how, how things have turned out so far? All right, so let's walk through your report. I mean, I know you walked through parts of that report with Apollo, but I don't think you got it through all 90 pages. I'm going to let you drive 
And let's talk about the, the technical information. Let's talk about the information in the report and how damning it is related to Jaffe, but also related to the different uh, corporate oligarchy that they've created across the country. Sure. So, so when you, when you dial out to, you know, 911 emergency services, obviously you, you dial out the dispatcher picks up and then they have to port your number over deciding whether that emergency needs to be connected to fire, police, EMS, you know, sheriff, state, otherwise. Um, so the company that controls that process is iConnective, which is formerly Telcordia Technologies, which is a wholly owned subsidiary of the foreign Swedish telecom giant Ericsson. So February 2022, an internal investigation is leaked, right? And so I, I put conducted in the beginning of the report, but um, it is actually leaked, right? So they didn't intend on this information to get out there. Uh, what that reveals is that based on another internal investigation conducted by Ericsson, uh, by virtue of Hillary Clinton um, and the Obama administration, um, giving leeway to Ericsson, uh, based on a $750,000 donation given to her husband by Ericsson, as well as twenty six to twenty six to thirty million dollars given to the Swedish uh, the Swedish arm of the Clinton Foundation, it's got a very uh, odd name. But um, you had journalists at the ICIJ, which is the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists, who published on February twenty seventh of twenty twenty two that uh, investigation titled the Ericsson List, which revealed that over seventeen years you had a company, giant telecom company in Ericsson who had been bribing ISIS, sponsoring ISIS, funding ISIS. Um, and that's, that's, again, that's with receipts that they have. So imagine what they've destroyed and imagine what they're, we're not able to access. So, so that's, the, like, that's really the, the big uh, hook, line, and sinker of, uh, of the report. But um, as, far as, as far as going from there, you know, it, it mentions the key findings. You have Ericsson providing over corrupt conduct in Iraq. Even after it acknowledged in 2013 that it was cooperating with U.S. authorities investigating bribery allegations elsewhere, the U.S. probe, which does not mention Iraq, resulted in a $1 billion bribery settlement in 2019. So questions that I get and question, immediate questions I had after reading into the 2019 bribery report was how, how did the SEC know about this? How did the Department of Justice know about this? How did all aspects of our government, IRS and otherwise, knew about this and then i went in further and went and dug deeper looking into sanctions looking into the timeline of events what transpired specifically with wikileaks and what you'll find is you know as time passes Cablegate drops which was literally hillary's worst nightmare um, and the state department's worst nightmare all of their information is leaked um, all their cables are put out there and then literally two or three days later amazon uh, which again is is propped up by newstar which is Joffe's tech, um, is kick, kicks WikiLeaks off of their servers, obviously based off of pressure from the Department of Homeland Security. But of course, Amazon claims that it was part of their terms of service. Um, then you have Interpol office in Gothenburg, Sweden, issues a fresh arrest warrant for Julian Assange, um, which is just, again, if you look at Ericsson, it's a Swedish subsidiary. It's a Swedish telecom giant. Um, been around for 140 plus years. Um, so a, a lot of this is just mind-numbingly uh, hard to contemplate that this much abuse of power would be allowed to fall into the hands of insanely corrupt people. Um, so, so the FCC contract that gives this number portability access to Ericsson is negotiated on behalf of Newstar as well as um, Rodney Jaffe, his client, Michael Sussman. So Sussman 
partner at Perkins Coie is the one. I got to read in for one of our sponsors. So I'm really excited to, to have found this bank, uh, Axos Bank. They opened on Independence Day uh, in 2000. They're not crumbling brick and mortar. They're a fully digital bank built on the bedrock of American traditions. Take a look at the rewards checking account where you can earn their highest interest rate. It's a, it's a big one. Listeners can get $150 bonus when you open, um, open, open up an, an account by July 31st. Big rewards from banks that believe that the freedom to do business without compromise or values. Amazing, right? So go to axosbank.com slash daily for full details. That's A-X-O-S dot com slash daily for all the cash bonus. All you need is $1,500 direct deposit in the first three months of opening your reward checking account. Axos Bank is federally insured, member FDIC, and they're for us, all of us. Axosbank.com slash daily. Go check them out. So, yeah, so um, this is the SEC document uh, that you're seeing on the screen, obviously, showing and indicating specifically a letter to Erickson from the SEC indicating, hey, you're doing business with uh, state sponsors of terrorism. You need to disclose this information on your on your uh, uh, tax filings. And furthermore, explaining, here's all the business we know you're doing in these with it, with these state sponsors of terrorism. And there's sanctions that are that have been probed against these countries essentially stating, you know, you're not supposed to be doing this. Um, but of course, you know, Ericsson's CEO at the time is the current CEO of Verizon. And so if you just think of it from a technology perspective and what kind of IP transfers over from corporation to corporation, specifically CEOs, you never see the CEO fall. You never see that person getting indicted or in trouble. It's always the underlings, the people that are not important, that well, don't matter. Well, and, and this, as this relates to what they've done on the technology side and on uh, social media, and this is why I was so interested in this specifically, is that the same thing they've done with the voting machines, right? You have run, yep. you have different intermingled parts, code bases that have been shared between those people. The people within those environments are actually moving from company to company to company. You have people like Eric Coomer that owns the uh, adjudication process with other people who are direct related to ESNS and other companies as well. So it's, it's, it actually has become, a, it has, has become a technocracy and we're, we're dealing with kind of this global rise of technology partners that are literally taking over ruling the world. And this is not, I mean, this sounds like something out of a, out of a movie. It does. I agree with you. Um, the worst movie. Because, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's crazy because these people are standing together in this and they're, and they're, they're weaponizing our judiciary. They're weaponizing the things around us and persecuting people with impunity while letting their, their friends get away with, with massive crimes. And look no further than what happened with Pelosi's husband, who was arrested for DUI and the charges were ceremoniously, unceremoniously dropped literally a week later. I mean, what, what's happening in our nation is that we, we don't have a system of laws. We don't have, we have man's law over here and we have God's law, which they've really spurned and thrown out. So there is no uh, ethics or morals. It's just complete decay of our society. It's headed towards, I think, a complete collapse. But I think I we do have an opportunity to save it. I agree. But what I so will what, also say, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I would also say with regard to specifically these patents and this IP, while um, I, uh, I can't, couldn't agree more, it all ties back directly to Dominion and the voting machines. Um, I believe that folk, you know, having the hyper-focus on Joffe and his tech is so important because if he's so, so his patents, are used and 
link to literally almost every multi multinational corporation that basically uh, involves the infrastructure, the underbelly of the internet. If if those patents are, if he's accused of fraud, those patents are un um, essentially they're they're null and void, right? So that's a huge national security issue, and and it's it's a way it, it's a path forward for us to to carve in terms of being all connected, right? They're they're only doing what they're doing out of self preservation at this point. They're all interconnected. Their firms their firms are connected to each other. Their uh, their attorneys are connected to each other. Their businesses is connected to each other, and there's no way to disassociate one from the other. They're they're all interconnected, and so what I think is really important to emphasize is John Durham. Uh, so so I'd mentioned yesterday, you have the son John Durham, so John Durham Jr., who's the director of Task Force Vulcan. It's the largest task federal task force on the planet, um, jurisdiction all the way to Lebanon, um, covering Hezbollah. Which is a terrorist organization covers MS-13, so everywhere MS-13 could be and is, um, and then I believe three other gangs that uh, I don't I don't have the exact name for right now. But uh, John Durham Jr. is the director of that federal task force, and then his father, John Durham Sr., is the one running the special counsel probe. So we have good in places where they need to be doing the right thing, but what we need is is for the average everyday American to go to their local police department sheriff uh, and start asking questions. Because if, if you wait until uh, you're the one behind bars or you're the one being affected by this or your paycheck being cut because the, you know, they decide, oh, you have this opinion or you're supporting this cause, right? Uh, if you do that and you wait till what, what they're doing in Canada, then you, know, then you have panic. Uh, then you don't have solutions. But if you do what you need to do now and stand up for what's right and do the right thing always, then I think we do have a path forward. Uh, but but I agree with you in that the system is pretty broken and it's hard to fix something that just simply doesn't work. So so let's go let's go. I agree with you one hundred percent. Let's go back to the report because I want to concentrate on the information that's in this report. I want people to be able to see it, share it, and understand how significant this information is. Um, I also want to just say this if I can, and that is, um, I believe that, I don't know if you've read this book, but I keep talking about it, the, the Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrates. Um, it basically talks about, um, through hi history, uh, being in a place of interposition, that the people actually do have the power to sit between the oppressors and the intended victims, which are our society and our children. And so it, it, I believe that we're at this special place where, you know, there's only 7,400 uh, people that are elected across the country, and there's only 38,000 magistrates and judges. So we're ruled over by about 50,000 people holistically, and whoever the puppet masters are, ab are above them that are the financiers of these 7,400. But if you if you look at holistically, you know what we're we're dealing with. All it takes is a large group of people in the United States to stand up and say we've had enough, and we can put an end to all of this uh, I, I, nonsense, this uh, buffoonery that. That has consumed our country, and not just our country, but our countries across the globe. Um, yeah, and but, I, I agree with a thousand percent. I was gonna say, you know, a lot, a lot of the laws that are on the books, right? The, when a law gets written, people don't really realize, but there's no expiration for that law. A lot of the federal laws, right, codified law, that goes on the books, and it's actually mostly written by bureaucrats, right? Uh, lawyers, law firms, um, underlings, essentially. Uh, a lot of that is done outside of the scope of, of DC, but what's what's fascinating is that the majority of these laws are unconstitutional. 
the majority, you know, if we're really going to get into that and go, go down that road, which I know uh, we want to focus on the report, but speaking to your point, yeah, there's a lot that's wrong with our country, but it, but uh, there's a lot more good people than there are bad. So I agree a hundred percent. I wrote down the name of the book just yesterday uh, and actually ordered it yesterday as well. So um, thank you for that suggestion. And I agree, couldn't agree more. You know, we have to take a stand to do what's right, even if it isn't convenient and even if it is difficult because the path forward will be worth it, right? It'll be worth it for the people that come after us. Um, and, and, you know, there's there's people overseas, my family specifically, that when I when I put this report out, my, my, my own parents told me, um, you know, you realize that you're putting your family in, in danger by doing this. And that really like struck me uh, very, very difficult to hear that. But um, I also had to, to tell them like, yeah, but if we don't do something about this, then there won't be a future family for myself to 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 care for. Right. Because if if what right now in Lebanon, they can't access their bank accounts. Their central bank failed about a year and seven months ago. So all my family, all the money that they would they, they have in their bank accounts gone. Right. So now my parents and my my uh, cousins and my brothers are sending money from our paychecks every time we get money overseas because they don't have they don't have any money, literally. Um, all right, so hold on a second. The, the central banking system in Lebanon failed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 just interesting because no, not a lot of people uh, know these things. Um, it's because their whole in Lebanon, the government is completely entrenched by Hezbollah. It's a terrorist organization. Um, Iran started with within Iran, um, and uh, yeah, the Lebanese banking system, central bank failed, and so it's you see these things happen in other countries, and it, and then again, it, it doesn't hit you until it happens to you, uh, and so we got to try to get out of that uh, that disassociation where just because it's not happening to me means it doesn't matter, right? Uh, you should care if it's people in China, you know, whatever's happening to them with the, with the organs har harvesting, organ harvesting, and all, the, all these issues, right? You should care just because it's happening to someone else on the same planet that you're living on. Um, and I just, I just believe that we can make a difference and we can really do something through this report specifically. Well, we're going to get back to that, but I do want to tell you that in 2009, I believe, I met with uh, Muhammad Hussein Falala, head of the Hezbollah, who did pass away in, I think, 2011 or 2012. Um, it was just after the they had bombed, uh, Israel had bombed uh, part of um, uh, the city. And basically, yeah, I met in an underground bunker. <laughs> uh, in the middle of one of these bombed out buildings. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's difficult to, to quantify uh, Hezbollah's kind of hold on Lebanon and Beirut specifically. And if you look back historically, you know, you, you, people lived in peace until you had Western influences came in and didn't respect the, the sovereignty of those nations. And foreign policy became the biggest thing of, you know, how do we extract as much of the, the, the wealth, the, the information. You saw an entire group of people in Lebanon that went from some of the most educated to some of the most uneducated and just fighting their way back to get back to an education process for their children. Um, so a lot of that cycle that we're seeing in Lebanon and other countries like Venezuela uh, are the same type of cycles that they're now pushing in the United States to weaken the, the constitution of the people here. So anyway, just a, a notable point. Uh, I do understand, I feel for your family because it is, 
people don't understand what's happening in, in other parts of the world and you should people should be educated on those things absolutely and you and you, sp you spoke on the uh, the overthrows you look back at that and that's that's a big emphasis and a big point in the report is you you have to look back at these things that took place because with specifically with the overthrow in, in Syria or Syria as well as um, uh, Egypt and Libya Egypt. you know telecoms you had telecoms that uh, that turned off the internet you had telecoms that uh, shut off you know cell service what happens if they decide or when they decide to do that here because over it's there when. they can do it's it. when they decide to do it here exactly and that's and, that and it's selective absolutely and it could be happening yeah. right now and you know people think if you think about it from a perspective all you need is you work so hard for presidency elections right you were all these people politicians they work so hard to get elected and it's one day that the vote happens uh, obviously the last election wasn't the case but um you you have one day to get to get the vote right the cia and intelligence agencies have every other day of that year before that event takes place to be working against the outcome so creating algorithms creating technology um you couldn't even fathom it right because you wouldn't think people would go that far to preserve what they're doing and what they have going on until you realize that these people are very evil um and they well, just aren't and, and i want to dive back into the report but i got to tell you what you just said is why there's so much there's so much apathy in our nation is that they they cannot even fathom that someone would be this evil they see evil as okay somebody is in a bad position and they break into my house no that's not the evil we're talking about. The evil we're talking about is one that would see half of the world's population uh, be destroyed in a three to five year period. That, that would be okay with that. That's the evil that we're dealing with, with among our ranks in leadership. And in traveling all over the world, I've seen that evil front and center, just right up in front and center and personal, eyeball to eyeball. And most people can't fathom it because they themselves are not evil. And so I think that's the, the fear that I have is that it's not the fear. It's a concern that I have that, you know, people have to wake up and understand that the reality is much different than who they are as a person because they can't see it. They can't understand the innate evil, the, the, the sociopathy or the psychopathy that we're dealing with uh, globally. And this is a cabal. I mean, you talk about deep state. It's not a deep state. It's a fraternity of deep state. Exactly. And, and, and that's the beauty of, of what we have. I just see it as a huge opportunity with this, with the Durham task force, both, both Durham and the special counsel, right? Now I'm not saying, you know, push everything and all your hopes and push all the, you know, push all the chips into the middle of the, of the table and let's just hope and pray that John Durham does the right thing. I believe that they don't have all the answers. I believe that it's incumbent on the people to dig into this intellectual property, to bring this evidence forward and to make it known among your friends and neighbors that like, look, this is, one of the greatest events that could ever have transpired on the history of this planet um if we do the right thing uh and, and if we don't then you know it's just going to be more of the same which uh could vary but i guess we it, you we'd probably want to get right back into the report jump into yeah let's, um, let's get back in the report because we could have a totally different conversation about what's happened globally and i have a pretty good idea of how this all kind of comes together and, and people talk about the, the fact that that we're in a place where they haven't admitted anything. So nobody has admitted that they've committed fraud. And you have people like Bill Barr that came out and said, even after watching 2000 Mules and laughing about that, he said, there's nothing to see here. 
related to the election fraud of 2020. Uh, we're, we're in a bad place. We're in a bad place when both sides, the Republicans and the Democrats, are standing against the American people. And that's why I think the doctrine of the lesser magistrates and we becoming the lesser magistrates. In other words, we, we've already decided that they're corrupted to the point where they're not going to do the hard work. We as the people have to stand up and hold our own courts, get back to black letter law and uh, restore God's law to our communities. But let's jump back Amen. in this report. All right. So so we're specifically speaking to, it looks like, what page are we on? Uh, 20. So we talked a little bit about the Arab Spring. Um, so yeah. we'll get into to Jaffe and his connection to the FBI. So you have specifically in 2013, Jaffe, um, he's tech executive one in the indictment that obviously didn't uh, do anything with regards to Zussman. But uh, he is working within the FBI. He's working with the Obama administration, the Obama presidency, um, re-election campaign. Um, so, so we're past. I think. I think we're past the point of ISIS. You know, invading people understand what transpired there. Uh, so let's 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 jump to 2013. So in 2013, Michael Sussman is um, is in front of the FCC with his client Rodney Lance Joffe, who's working as an executive CTO for Newstar. Um, Newstar held this numbers portability contract for, I think it was 18 years, um, dating all the way back to 1997, which was the inception spun off of, uh, spun off of uh, Lockheed Martin. So three companies, actually I should jump back to 2011, three companies in Telcordia Technologies, in Newstar, and in CrowdStrike. All three of those companies are owned by one firm at the end of 2012. Uh, so 20, 2011, November, you have all three of those companies owned by one one firm, Warburg Pincus, right? They sell, they then sell Telcordia Technologies over to Ericsson, a foreign, you know, foreign telecom. Um, Telcordia Technologies is the literal database that the Baby Bell uh, Corporation, uh, AT and T, it, it stems out of. So Telcordia sits in the same database, the same data centers as AT and T. And so that, that's a huge piece of this to hyperemphasize. Um, if you have the IP, you have the keys to the kingdom. And if you have the keys to the kingdom and you also own basically the, the technology that sits in between all these databases and infrastructure, then you literally have access to everything through back, you know, through back end, uh, uh, back channels, uh, malware, you know, so on and so forth. But uh, specifically, 2013, they, they award this contract that we're referencing and focusing on to uh, Ericsson. And you have the current um, disinformation czar of the Biden administration, Michael Chertoff, who headed the Chertoff Group. They're paid by Newstar in 2014 to push a report indicating that this is the biggest national security risk. And that if this specific contract, I can't hear you. I'm going to let you drive in this report so we can go to the specific page that you want to go to related to the information you're talking about now. So just tell the producer okay. he'll move it from page to page. Um, we'll let you drive. All right. So it looks like we're on page 20 right now. So maybe yeah. jump up a little bit. I need to do an ad read really quick. So, so this show is brought to you by IP Vanish. If you're tired of feeling like someone's always watching you on the internet, maybe advertisers know a bit too much about you. If you're connected, if you're concerned about privacy of your identity, using incognito mode won't always solve the problem either. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet without exposing your private details to third parties such as hackers, your ISP, or advertisers. When you, you can use IPVanish on your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. 
When you use IPVanish, all of your data is encrypted. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off the yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you watch, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with a brand rate of 4.6 out of 5 on Trusted Pilot. Go to IPVanish.com slash daily. It's important to use it slash daily. IPVanish.com slash daily. And use promo code daily to save 70% as a conservative daily podcast listener. Um, I also want to tell you that um, if you use IPVanish and you have the, the VPN working when you're in and you try to unlock your car or do things like that, it will not work. You have to disconnect it because the car, the phone itself uses both the IMEI and the IP address collectively to validate who you are. So it will not work if you do not use, if you, if you don't turn it off in some instances. I figured I'd, I'd say that because I've learned that the hard way. So th- th- there's, a, there's a huge point right there. Um, maybe, maybe go one, one page up. Let's go to 17. Okay, so uh, let's see. So in the in the process of integration, say so Telcordia Advanced Technology Solutions. So that one's a little more specific, but let's drop down a little bit because I was just mentioning the AT&T data centers. Okay, so recapping the issue, right? You have, since 2008, Ericsson's known to be trading with an enemy state in Iran, and you had the SEC through documentation we show in the report knew about it. The IRS obviously knew about it. And the State Department, as well as the Executive Office, all knew based off of just those WikiLeaks cables and internal reports that we uh, that we put out in the uh, report above. So U.S. authorities were investigating this from t- 2013 on to 2019. So for six years, they did a deferred uh, justice agreement, So which is essentially like they're deferring the um, decision made. And in that time frame that they deferred the, the agreement, Ericsson's subsidiary, iConnective, wins an additional three uh, three number portability contracts that have to do with them you know having complete control uh, and oversight well not no oversight but uh, co- complete control of our technology and infrastructure so so it's uh, very very damning that the that contract specifically is negotiated by Michael Sussman and for Rodney Jaffe uh, which you know I was I was obviously hoping for the um, indictment to to follow through and for Sussman to be um, hit with that because it would allow us to then question all of the contracts that he negotiated in his past. But with Joffe being charged with fraud by the special counsel, which is what they're currently targeting him for, um, all of his IP could literally either be seized by the government and or just released because he's committed fraud. And so as we said with the elections and as we said with you know, them not admitting to fraud. If they admit to fraud, they lose everything. Well, do you think this could be a play for the government to gain control of it? I mean, if the government is written or run by people in the hen house who basically have controlled both sides and have selected both people on both sides of the aisle, then, you know, Jaffe becomes the fall guy. They strip him of all of his IP. The government takes control of it. People that are in control are the people like Hillary Clinton and, and Barack Obama and the rest of this uh, illegitimate evil regime. I mean, at, at this point, I, I, I think that it, it, my, my mind goes to, is this political theater or are we dealing with someone who has ethics and morals and is willing to stand up and hold people accountable? You, you hope for the best on the assessment, but I, I find it, I find it difficult to put all of my faith in 
um, the, the, the Sussman, uh, the ability for the special counsel to get to the bottom of it. Yeah, and I don't disagree with you. I mean, look look at how, how we got here, right? We got here by people in positions of being complacent. Like, what the hell has the NSA been doing over these last two election periods, election, presidential election cycles? What what are you paid for? What is Cyber Command doing? You mean to tell me that they don't know where this data stream is going and coming from? The the, the WikiLeaks Vault Seven literally shows, and it's funny because you have events like DefCon with the election stuff. Uh, you have twelve year olds using using Kali Linux and showing that they're able to hack and change elections. This this all happened in 2016, 2017, 2018. What are the politicians doing about it? We're literally twelve well, I mean, year olds. Yeah, I mean, and you get to the technology, and, and, and I'm a system architect expert. Like, I understand system architecture. I was a tech CEO for a decade, and I built a company that allows people to, to develop uh, personas, quality scores, relevancy factors, and correlate data of the actual DNA of the individual with correlations to different devices, things like that. So I understand what, what's happening with, with the election in 2020. It's almost, you know, I think that's one of the things that they've not been able to do is I said, hey, look, this is, this is how they committed fraud in 2020. And now the further I get into it, the more I, I get into, and, and now that I have the Ericsson report, I'm, I'm actually gonna dig into this and say, okay, how do these patents affect some of the other things that are being done across the board and different technology verticals? Um, and how could that have been used to defraud the voice of the American people even further? But, but as we get into this, yeah, go ahead. Look at the dates of when Newstar overtook VeriSign. So it's 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 very technical, um, but it but it has to do with DNS infrastructure and basically what right. happens when you put in a website on the internet and the and the the under underbelly of the technology that that that'll, that supports that. So Joffe's DNS t patents as well as his tech allows for all this information to to be utilized. Um, I think the the, the emphasize what you just mentioned with the patents, right? There's so much more here, uh, but Newstar yeah. as a company. Bought the the end the certificate authority which is VeriSign. So once that happened, and it happened coincidentally on November second, twenty twenty, so the day before the United States presidential election, um, and then you also had in the mid midterms of twenty eighteen, they pur purchased the public aspect of uh, VeriSign. So between the between the power that Newstar wields, they can literally manipulate and change, alter or otherwise any of those systems, anything on the internet, period, um, you know, pertaining to cyber, uh, cyber crimes. And if you can't tell where that internet infrastructure is, is porting from, if you can't tell where the IP traces from, then you're not going to be able to, to have attribution. And so it's uh, Obama's the one who, who allowed this to happen on January 6, 2017. He gave away uh, fully privatized top level domains and ICANN. Uh, so that we went from having oversight over that process to not having it on January 6th, uh, which, you know, again, we're, we're jumping into the more technical stuff, but uh, I think it's, it's important. Well, to, so, to so I think that, so, so, so let's, let's dive into this really quick because I saw this coming a, a few years back when they got into data privacy and the people don't want to be able to share their information. And, and here's what people need to understand about VPNs and privatization of data and encryption and things like that. Encryption only works if you don't have the key. But when they're developing products that push out those encryption keys, they can encrypt data for you and, and for the average person down the street, but they also hold the key to be able to decrypt that data on their side. And so there is no full privatization of data. I mean, Google now holds all the, 
Hell holds all the cards, Apple holds all the cards, and they stop third parties from getting access to that data, but they will always have access to that data because they're the ones that develop the program, they develop the protocols, they develop the algorithms, uh, and they develop the encryption keys and the decoding keys for all of that information and all of that code. So, you know, as we got to this place where they said that they were going to make data private, that's not what they were really doing. They were doing the opposite of privatizing data and making sure that no one had access to it. They were they were holding all of that to themselves so that they could basically, in, in essence, create a tax to use, deploy against, or um, create commerce in that environment. So they can they can literally, with impunity, cut people off at will. I mean, there, there's so much more to this than just the elections. The elections were just a, you know, that, that gets to the key of getting all of their uh, ideologies kind of pushed, not just across the US, but globally. But as you start looking at how this data all interconnects, um, it's created a very dangerous environment where data is held um, by a few people. And everyone else, if you want to have access to it, has to play their game and their ball um, or they don't get access to that information. In other words, they're shrinking economies of scale and creating a, a whole new class of poor. And if you are a person that believes in globalization and, uh, and uh, population or depopulation, um, this definitely mathematically would lead to that. Exactly. And that's that's the point that this is this is why I think it's so important the way we structured this report specifically is a company like Ericsson runs 180 in 180 different countries. They run 5G infrastructure towers. Specifically here in the United States, they run over 40% of our infrastructure for telecoms. And if you just think of the frequency gates that they can apply on people literally um, with this technology and with this with frequencies literally through these 5G towers, um, you know, I believe, you know, at the end of the day, if we don't understand the underlying science behind this technology and they're able to literally affect what you do and how you do it, I mean, you just think about it from a perspective of like music, right? You listen to you listen to music and and the frequency that hits you, you know, resonates with you, you enjoy that, right? Uh, but then if you if you play static uh, over over the radio, it like it makes you cringe, right? You're like, what what is that? That that's terrible. Turn that off. It's almost painful to hear. Yeah. Um, and so, so people have to understand that you can't, you can't even hear these frequencies. Uh, they're, they're not, you know, you can't even pick them up to the human ear. So it's very important that a company like this, who's willing to sponsor and fund terrorism, um, and, and dis, you know, completely disregard human rights, what's going on. Um, if they're willing to do that, and then they have their fingers, fingers on the dial of our 911 portability contract, uh, what else are they willing to do? Well, and I think as you look, start looking at that, they control all the keys to communication across the globe. And this is one of the one of the things that uh, that from a fear standpoint, I mean, again, I keep wanting to come back to your report, but we keep talking about just how big this yeah. molehill has turned into a mountain and how it all interconnects. I mean, we're, we're dealing with a global conspiracy to um, to hurt people in every in every way. And I think the reason why they connect with terrorist organizations is they cross chaos and there's opportunity in chaos. And if, if you look at the ultimate goal and what they've said out loud with the World Economic Forum, what they've said at the UN and what many of the, you know, the Bilderbergs and all these different groups that meet together and try to, you know, tell us in this manufactured environment um, how they're going to take more from us or cause chaos with us. They're saying the quiet part out loud. They're telling us what they want. They're telling us that they want to um, hurt the people not just in the United States, but globally. And they're doing it systematically, country by country. Um, we're just next on their list. And I think, I mean, I look at what Russia's done, and Russia stands in the way of all of that. 
uh, and what they've done in Ukraine. But then again, never let that chaos go without an impact to the American people. And now, you know, we're being told that gas prices in the United States are directly related to the Ukrainian crisis, um, which is absolute hogwash, right? There's no economic uh, tie through from Ukraine to what we what we should deal with in the United States. But again, it's the global lie. As, as we as we talk about this report, what's next on the report? Like you take this report, we're going to we're going to publish it. By the way, where can people find the report? Uh, plusultra.org, um, and, and you'll see it'll pop up right at the bottom right. Um, or also, you can use ericsonreport.com um, to make it a little easier because it's it's hard to uh, explain the Latin spelling of Plus Ultra. Um, but yeah, the, so so our, our website, um, and, and also uh, we have a couple of the PDF versions on on our uh, Telegram channel. But uh, that's a little it's a little newer, so we're still kind of building it up. Okay. And what, what, what's the call to action for people? I mean, again, I always say work the problem. So how do we work the problem? We go through the report. I actually want to get into the technical details and we keep talking about everything else because it's so massive right. and you and I haven't had a conversation before. But I know that you understand Absolutely. the technical details. The, you know, the, the, the Verisign, nobody understands the reason why that's actually important the day before election. No, no. No, and it's and it's hard. It's hard. Uh, you know, I wish I wish I had all the answers, but uh, that's kind of the beauty of this, right? Is like I'm not anyone special. So, so if I can put this together, then that means anyone else should be able to, uh, with you know, with the determination and and doing the research, should be able to connect these dots as well. Um, and so, with regard to where the where what what's next and what's coming, um, we have to find a way to nullify what took place in this contract being awarded to Ericsson. We also have to be able to hold hold Ericsson accountable. Um, and, and we can't really expect the government to do that without us pushing back. Um, and I don't say, you know, obviously, I mean, lawfully and, and uh, you know, uh, not doing anything crazy. But at the end of the day, they're going to keep doing this and they're going to keep pushing, you know, us to the edge until until we do something about it. Um, and so specifically the report and we'll focus on the FCC. The fact that they ignored national security concerns when they awarded the contract to to Ericsson uh, is absolutely insane. Um, you know, so so something that has everything to do with national security was completely disregarded in the s sale of uh, Telcordia Technologies to Ericsson. Um, so all the underlying issues that have to do with Sussman have to do with Joffe have to do with uh, fraud. Um, I think it's it's educating people on these processes and on uh, specifically how the internet works uh, for people to fully understand what's what's really happening. Um, and, and so, when you look at uh, some some of these contracts, specifically, uh, we'll, we'll go to like the the lower parts of the of the report. Um, trusting that the Southern District of New York or the SEC or the IRS or any of these federal institutions that are going to do the right thing is mind-numbingly. Uh, naive to think do you have a page um, you want me to pull not, up um well, was, yeah i guess we could on 17 we we're talking about that go ahead right uh yeah we could we could jump to page 17 i think was the last point we were at okay so well, let's just so run through these go last go. pages we got seven pages too so let's just run through these last seven pages um and give people a taste of what's in the report on from a more technical standpoint all go right jump, jump on down to page 18 and 19. There we go. Here's 18. Oh. All right. So this is the point I just made. Uh, one concern was that the FCC didn't include national security requirements in the initial bid process. So take that into consideration. 
you have Ericsson subsidiary. Ericsson obviously catering and doing business with Iran, um, doing business with state-sponsored terrorists and funding terrorism, and the SEC knowing about it, the IRS knowing about it, the State Department knowing about it. And then under Obama, the FCC ignores national security requirements and allows the contract to go to Ericsson. Um, <laughs> it's absolutely insane. To, to Scroll fact. up just a little uh, bit. Scroll, scroll there. No, not <laughs> scroll down. Sorry, scroll down so we can see the rest of the. Yeah, and yeah. so maybe we'll so, read a little bit of this if we can. So let's back down just a little bit so we can start at the top. Okay, so so, and I just want to read if I can this, Michael. The the number, of portability administration center, the NPAC requires the companies that oversee it. Uh, to keep phone data secure because the Federal Bureau of Investigations and law enforcement agencies look into the database of 4 million times a year to gain information for criminals and intelligence investigations. The, con the concern is that other countries could hack into the database and find out who the U.S. government is wiretapping. Another concern is the hacker could get into the database, severely slow down the routing of calls, which could have severely con severe, serious consequences in, an, in the event of a national emergency. In 2013, the FCC put the LNPA, I forbid, Newstar and Telecordia were the only two bidders. One concern was the FCC didn't include national security requirements in the initial bid. The process was supposed was supported by Newstar, Telecordia, and others and included evaluation of technical and managerial competence, security and reliability, public safety, and law enforcement considerations, cost effectiveness and neutrality, according to the FCC. The process requires bidders to re respond to questions about service quality and system security and reliability. Newstar said that it had been informed that the work uh, for $496 million a year, where Concordia said it would cost $143 million a year. And that's the that's the thing that should be mind-numbingly like apparent. Amazon offers, yeah, yeah. Uh, Amazon offers internet you know, infrastructure, um, uh, you know, AWS cloud services for 2,300 government agencies. And the major reason that they're, they've took over our complete election databases, FEC, RNC, uh, DNC, they, they have all that data, Amazon Web Services. And so the reason that they take all over all that is because literally every single campaign says, well, they're way cheaper than everyone else. And so you have to ask yourself, are they cheaper because they want they know the data is valuable or are they cheaper because it's more cost effective? You know, and, and I obviously know the answer is that uh, they're just trying to collect the data and, and mine the data. Um, so, so specific, specifically speaking to Newstar and Telcordia, both those companies were owned by Warburg Pincus months before this before this award awarding of the contract took place. So then you have CrowdStrike inceptionalized, created under uh, under the same company under the same firm, just as they sell off Telcordia. So it's important to emphasize Ericsson doesn't need a CrowdStrike. Ericsson doesn't need Amazon. Ericsson is Amazon. Ericsson is CrowdStrike. They handle their own endpoint security. They handle their own uh, cloud services. So think of all of those types of companies and then add the fact that they're foreign, right? There is no FOIA. There is no oversight. They don't owe any allegiance to our country. They're a foreign company, but they control uh, databases and infrastructure that is that has to do with national security. So if that company doesn't want to you know, go ahead. No, I think that what you're saying is is something that most people can't understand. They can't understand what you're saying because 
they don't understand the significance of data. Data is um, is particleized, right? So you have you have one person with five thousand data points. Uh, how much time he spent at work? How much time he spent at home? How much time he spent on the internet? What are your site traffic? What do you and and so that Google sends out these bots and reads websites, and as you touch those websites, uh, they use different tools. Now now the tools are built into it where you can use Evercookie technology to follow people around from site to site and place to place, and even watch phone calls and some of the app data that's collected when you actually inter interface with those apps is then shared into this particle, um, you know, subcategorization of, of data. So when we talk about Ericsson having access to all of this data, you can't, there, there's no way to audit back that information um, anyway, because I can subparticleize that information into different categories. And then I can only let the convergence of that data come together if and when I need it. And so uh, I'm gonna relate this to something that people should be concerned about and that is voter rolls. <laughs> so in essence, what you're doing by pushing that information overseas is you're allowing them to collect information, including vital information such as social security number, date of birth, right? And they can create different instances of your individual. In other words, they can make you uh, a person with uh, a string of attributes. In other words, you're Joe Oltman, Joseph Oltman, Joey Oltman, uh, Joe Oltman, uh, Michael, they can make you Mike, uh, Michael, uh, Mick, uh, they can create those instances and they can use that information to bloat the voter rolls. And this is what they've done going into 2016, 2012, 2008. And you'll see this in every swing state that uses what's called the ERIC system, uh, which is a system that, that brings information together on different states and, and the voting of, of all those states. And so why this is important is because by giving it to a foreign entity, you know, we know that information related to voter identity theft excuse me, forget the voter part, identity theft has been a long-standing problem and they use that information in order to push uh, fraudulent fake ballots into the, the US system for voting. We know that that's the case, right? So we know that they were caught at the Southern border in Mexico trying to bring in voter IDs for a couple million people. That is all related to this over, this, this kind of umbrella, but now you're giving that information not willingly to a foreign adversary or foreign asset that is connected to terrorist organizations. And now it makes it much more difficult to uh, coalesce all that information together so you can come to an, a conclusion of how they did it, right? So it takes away the forensic aspect of how data is collected and data is used. And so the, the, the significance of this report as I started to read it is much more, uh, it's much more important because this becomes the foundational, the, the bedrock of how they plan to steal elections in the future, how they plan to suppress uh, people's rights in the future, how they plan to quell or quiet or uh, completely cut off the ability for you to have any sort of uh, thought that deviates from their ideology. And so it's, uh, this, this, it's, it's very significant. It's very significant from the standpoint of now this foreign entity will have, all the hard work will be done. It'll no longer be harvesting data. They'll already have all the data and make it impossible for um, anyone to uh, withstand the pressures that they want to create globally to uh, steal the voice and ultimately the direction of our country. Amen. Exactly. And and then another an additional point too, just to emphasize the importance of what Erickson controls. When those FISA warrants were taken out against Trump and Michael Flynn and the likes, right? That all happened through this system. This is the system that that provides to law enforcement officers. The, so, so people think that the NSA is the boogeyman, right? The NSA only holds the data in terms of 
it being queried and, and, and right. uh, you know, data analysis happening, and then it goes to the external agencies. But before any of that takes place, at the ISP level, you have the CIA and other agencies through these third parties, trusted third parties, Rodney Joffe, Newstar, um, Telcordia Technologies, these companies are providing to law enforcement officials and the FBI FISA warrants and warrantless wiretaps. Well, what happens when a foreign company, just like it said in the report we were showing just a minute ago, what happens when a foreign company takes over and is able to hack back into that that system and that data set um how do, how do you know if if that uh, is is verifiable or not and that's exactly what's playing out you with don't. uh with the, exactly and that's very scary that should worry everybody so let's go to page 19 i want to run through these last seven pages because it it this in essence just opens up more of the okay here's just another just kind of mounting it on and by the way, I'm going to tell you this. This is why I get to the doctrine of the lesser magistrates. This is why I talk about it, right? It's because it's going to take people rising up and realizing that the technology that they've done is weaponized against not just Americans, but people across the globe. And so we're going to have to stand in the gap and basically stand between the oppressor, which is these technology companies that have stood together in this fraternity, and the intended victims, which is everyone in our society that doesn't align with what they think our ideology should be. Uh, but let's go to page 19, if we would. All what right, am I looking so at right here? So you have, this is kind of more informational purposes, but it, it just explains a deferred action agreement with Ericsson, uh, mentions you know the date that they were fined a billion dollars, which is the largest fine that's ever been impaneled on a, on a, a business corporation in the United States. Um, we, specifically, we'll go into Telecommunication, Telecommunications Act of 1996. So in around 96 is when you really have all these uh, technologies being conceptualized and conceptualized. Uh, but you also have the privatization of the internet, uh, which which starts with the Telecommunications Act of 1996. So, making the excuse of like, hey, let's uh, privatize this so it can become cheaper. So it's the same. It's the same thing you see over and over again. The contract was ordered to to Telcordia because the, it was cheaper than than Newstar, right? When in reality, that's that's not. Look at this. This is national security. You should put the money required into it, and that should never fall to a, a foreign uh, corporation. But then, uh, okay, so we'll jump to covers. Let's see. Uh, let's go down a little bit more because this is some of the stuff I'd already mentioned. Um, okay, so let's let's go down to, to page 20. All right, so Edward Snowden. Uh, we, we can hyperemphasize that. Uh, June 2013, obviously, you have the, the Guardian reported the first leak based on top secret documents that then 29-year-old Edward Snowden stole from the National Security Agency. So the Guardian publishes its first exclusive based on Snowden's leak, revealing a secret court order showing that the U.S. government had forced telecom giant Verizon to hand over, hand over the phone records of millions of Americans. So when that was pushed and the way that it was pushed by the media, people looking back at Snowden, which everyone says, oh, he's a hero, he's a great person. How come Snowden didn't talk about these trusted third parties? How come he didn't mention Newstar or Telcordia? How come he only focused on American U.S. telecoms, right? Because then it was pushed through the media like, oh, this is so terrible. They're spying on everybody. And yet what they did was they gave immunity to, the, to Verizon, AT&T, uh, Apple, uh, Amazon. They literally gave immunity through political the theater. Exactly. And, and so this yeah. is what people need to understand is they Snowden's leaks ignored this initial ISP tapping of your information and collecting of your data because the CIA doesn't want receipts. 
So it, it essentially does not like the NSA. There are two agencies that have always uh, butted heads. Um, so the CIA wants the NSA to be destroyed, removed. Because if it's gone, now you don't have any database that's being tracked, that's tracking the data, right? There's no receipts for that information. Um, and so that's what happened specifically with the warrants. And uh, when you, so it's, it's, it's very technical, but uh, with specifically uh, Kevin Kleinsmith, he fabricated the data and fabricated the evidence for the FBI on behalf of, I believe, the CIA. Um, but we'll, we'll keep it with a report and, and focusing on this. The current CEO of Verizon oversaw from 2010 to 2016, he was the CEO of Ericsson. So if you think about it from an IP standpoint, you're just moving <laughs> the people, right? So he has the access keys to all that information. And so you move him from Ericsson to Verizon, what does he have access to now? All the same stuff, all those databases, all that information. Um, so, so it should it should really, really uh, give people pause, like understanding this. And there's an even bigger tie back to uh, you know BP and Ericsson's other um, CEOs, but that's uh, that's outside the scope of the of the report. If we go down a little bit further, um, we're just getting essentially to the points of when uh, new star had acquired other technology hogan lovels is a is a is a big point so they're also one of the firms that uh, took part in this fcc contract if you just look at some of my notes there um so you have loretta lynch was made partner uh while working with uh washington headquartered international law firm hogan and horton llp uh, sorry hogan and uh, yeah Horton. so with with regards to all these people that were involved cheryl mills uh, it's a little hard for me to read just a second Okay, so Cheryl Mills worked as an associate at the Washington law firm Hogan and Harson. While there, she represented school districts seeking to achieve racial integration, Brown v. Board of Education. Um, you have, okay, all, all these people, right? These are all, all people that are tied to Hillary Clinton, tied to, um, you know, the Democratic Party and the Clinton Foundation. Cheryl Mills was on the board of the nation. Um, so it should just give people a pause to know that Hogan and Lovells and Perkins Coy were the two law firms that negotiated this FCC deal. Uh, so, you know, having lawyers on both sides of the deal is not something that's outside of the ordinary, or at least uh, people should understand that it's not. All right, let's go down to page 23. So uh, I, I wanna get into kind of how deep this goes. And I don't think people understand. Some people are, are unwilling participants and they participate in the fraud because they're just, they're, they're minions or EBITs. Um, others, it's much more sinister and how they're all interconnected. So you talk about the CEO of Ericsson that now is the CEO of Verizon. Um, you, you talk about the portability of 911 and given over to a foreign entity, uh, which gives access to information. I mean, I can't even, and that's just the tip of the iceberg, but it gives access yeah. to our information overseas. But now, now you get into um, what are they abiding by, right? And so I think this was this is pretty interesting. Um, you, you wrote in this report, um, that there's a foreign corporation there's no oversight because they're a private institution FOIA freedom of information act does not apply to them now the reason why we know that this is true is because they tried to FOIA dominions information related to the elections of 2020 and they fought it back and said well we're not uh, we're not subject to FOIA requests but at the same time cyber ninjas out of Maricopa Arizona equivalent the state equivalent of the FOIA act in that state and was required to produce information related to that doxed people that uh, Cyber Ninjas was actually working with in the audit of Maricopa County. So 
you can start to see where one law would, would, would be effective and has been kept away from us getting access to information related to Dominion, while at the same time, they can go after private citizens, creating two different pathways uh, for, uh, for, for, for legal interpretation. Uh, and that's where we get into the magistrates and the judges being able to do whatever they want um, and act with impunity. So, but you also asked the question, do they, do they abide by the US Constitution or Uniform Commercial Code? Key players mentioned this report are Rodney J uh, Lance Jaffe, subject investigation for fraud. Michael Sussman has been indicted for lying, is currently pending trial. So this, this report came before, obviously, he was um, um, acquitted. <laughs> acquitted. Sorry. Um, both Sussman and Jaffe were involved in the contract negotiating process for the FCC regarding um, the services portability contract. So uh, as, we start, as we start seeing that you, know, you mentioned in this that, oh, my God, the whole world is under surveillance. Um, you know, I hate to be doom and gloom, but the further you get into this report, it becomes more doom and gloom. So where do we go forward, right? Uh, yeah, what, work the problem for me, Michael. Work the problem. So it, it's got to be at the at the citizen, right? We have to, you have to go to your police, your congressmen, your politicians. You have to tell them, like, hey, this is not okay. And when we met with the Phoenix Police Department just a few days ago, I met with a lot of them initially that were saying, well, what do you want me to do about this? It's like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, if, if I did business with ISIS, right, you wouldn't allow me to keep a job if, if, the, if people found out, okay, this guy's funding ISIS. But yet, corporation can get away with everything under the sun because it's a corporation. Why is that the case, right? So that's... That's that's a little difficult. Something we would we'll get into, uh, you know, in, in another conversation. But specifically speaking to taking this report and taking action and taking the power back, uh, these th these people with regard to what they're doing, the collecting our data, um, you know, absolute impunity, uh, holding us down. If you take this report and present this to people in positions of power, there's no ability for them to say, "Oh, I stand with I." Right? This isn't a Republican or Democrat thing. This is a national security thing. So if you go to your local police, your local sheriff, your local fire department, and you present them with this, what we're hoping that this will allow people to do is open their eyes. And then they take that up the, 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 the chain of command or the ladder, uh, so to speak. But there's no ability for them to say, even the Biden administration, the Biden administration cannot disagree with this report. Number one, because Biden was vice president while uh, this FCC contract was awarded. And then number two, their current disinformations are agrees with everything we've said. So, so it disables them to, to make the excuse of this is a national security issue. Okay, so 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 let's talk let's talk specifically about what I was talking about before, and then we're, I'll let you wrap up and get the last last um, word. But I mean, it, it, isn't this what I was talking about the the doctrine of the lesser magistrates? Is isn't the whole mm -hmm. idea of what you're talking about walking in and talking to the police that they have to make a choice as well? And, and I, and I want to, uh, yeah, and I, I want to say this is, is that as we start looking at the lesser magistrates, we're, we're forcing law enforcement to make a decision. Like the three choices. One, you're on the side of the oppressor. Two, you're standing the gap as an interposition between the oppressor or the tyrant or the, the tyranny that follows America and the intended victim. Or you can be the victim as well, but you have to get out of our way. I mean, it isn't what you're saying now. Doesn't it just prove back. You say it goes to the citizens or citizenry. It, it is basically calling for the plan. Like I, I built a plan. We're presenting that plan now. We're going to spend the next, I think in the next six months, 
we could solve a lot of these issues by holding them accountable by standing up collectively. But that's basically what you're saying. You're saying that we got to have a plan. We got to tell them in the middle of this that, hey, we're in the place of interposition. We're done listening to this. And then we just tell yes. the police, we tell people in positions of authority, you either join us or you're against us. You either are with tyranny, you're either okay with terrorism, you're either okay with oppression of humans, human beings, period, um, or you're not. And so, so you're with America or you're against America. And so in this case, you know, that's, that's what allow, it allows us to do. Uh, you take this to a politician. What we're hoping for is that you take this to your politicians, your local congressmen, your uh, local officials, civil servants, people who are, we're paying tax dollars to employ, right? They're supposed to be accountable. And so if they're not, then th these issues will just continue to, to mount. But yes, absolutely. We have to take a stand and use this as a, you know, what I would hope uh, is use it as a, as a weapon to uh, disarm, you know, whatever they're trying to do. They have to pick a side now. Doesn't matter whether you're a Republican, Democrat, independent, or otherwise. Do you stand with America or do you support ISIS and terrorism? Uh, and it's and it's that simple. And, and you know, documenting that process, uh, trying to make uh, bring a, bring about accountability. Like they won't cover this in the mainstream media. Um, most media sources will not talk about this. Um, you know, I, I was actually I'm actually surprised we're talking about it right now. Um, but truly, I, I do believe that they're all interconnected. They have everything to lose. And so we have everything to gain by pressing them, uh, pressing pressing this issue, and keep pushing back. Um, you know, so so I just would hope that that uh, we're able to come together and, and really work this, uh, because the next the next report we're coming out with goes into the the underlying DNS issues and nine one one emergency services portability. So a lot of people have told me uh, you should really watch out because you're digging into an issue where they could easily label you um, a terrorist. Um, but you know, I'm not worried about that because at the end of the day, if we don't do what's right, then they'll continue doing what's wrong. Michael, you never, you're not, you weren't promised you'd make it out of this life alive anyway. Matter of fact, that's a guarantee you're not going to make it out of this life alive. And I always say that uh, if you can't stand up against, you know, my, if you can't stand up against tyranny, you can't stand up against the evil that's in our country, um, then, you know, what kind of world is it we'd live in anyway? And so I think exactly. that I want to thank you for, for standing up and taking the stand that you have. I will definitely connect after this broadcast because there's things I want to talk to you about on how we can work together uh, to take our country back. Um, but uh, thank you. To. Thank you for the work you're doing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All right, everyone. Michael Corey, thank you again. Well, we're, uh, we're out of time. And um, I, I want to I tell you guys something. That what is interesting is that we keep coming back to the same thing that we keep talking about, and that is that there really is only one solution. And I've seen everyone talk about the fact that, that uh, oh, well, you know, there's nothing we do. Wake me up when, when someone is held accountable. And I will tell you that the only accountability comes with the people doing the right thing and standing up against these really evil people in our country that would do harm to the Americans and do harm to other people in other countries. They tried it there first and they brought it here to us. And really, the answer is replacing man's law, which has no accountability, no ethics, no morals, and no limits. Um, they've replaced God's law with this man's law. And so we, we have to get to the place where we restore God's law. We restore natural law to our community and restore accountability. And that is going to take us getting rid of the people that have been selected and moving towards people that have been elected. And so the greatest power, the greatest threat we have to their their ideology and their regime changes and the things that they're doing to us 
is the people. So I will tell I will tell each one of you to go read the doctrine of the lesser magistrates. Um, that becomes the blueprint for the plan. And the plan is is that we identify the problems and we work the problem collectively together. We all take the same risk and risky of standing in the middle and saying we've had enough. You take 52 cents on every dollar from us. You do everything you can to disrupt our our environment. You you make our kids the victims. And and by the way, the, the, the doctrine of the lesser magistrates can be used at every level. It can be used to uh, stand in between school shooters. The shooter and the interposition would be between the shooter and the, their intended victim, the children. And the only way that stops that is to put someone with a gun in between that. And so it solves the problem very sensibly rather than allowing them to attack the American ideal, to attack us as people and say, oh, no, no, you can't have you can't have that. You can't you're, you don't have the ability to have access to a gun. You don't have the ability to have access to um, the ability to not only protect your family, but stand against the tyranny in our country. And you'd say, well, that's equating it to violence. And I would say that, no, it actually is moving away from violence because violence begets violence. And the weakest among us are the ones that are running and leading this nation. And if we want to get to a place where we can solve those problems as a country, then we need to be willing to stand up and make sacrifices for our children, our grandchildren, and even generations we'll never see. So that's it for this episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. If you want to listen to us, you can go to conservative-daily.com, Rumble, DLive, CloudHub, and Frank Speech. Uh, hit the Rumble button on the way out or share this with someone that needs to hear it. This is an important report. We will, in the comments below, you will have the ability uh, to go read this report. Please go read this report. And I know it's technical, and I know it kind of it flies over your head. But most of the time, they're trying to sell you on the idea that there's nothing to see here because you don't have the level of sophistication or understanding, not just sophistication, but the understanding of that technology that allows for you to see that what they're saying is a lie. So go read the report, share that report as well. If you want to listen to us in the audio version, you go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Podbean, and Audible. And, um, you know, we go, we go, obviously we go, uh, we go live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. Mountain Time. Um, if you want a reminder when we go live, you can text the word FREEDOM to 89517. And if you want to sign up for uh, our newsletter, you can do so in the, the comments below in the description below. So that's it. That's it for this episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. Um, I will see you guys tomorrow morning, uh, bright and early at 10 a.m., and uh, until then, God bless you all.